This is the Tag 2F Podcast, show number four. Hi, and welcome to the Tag 2F Podcast. This is a platform to share, learn, teach, and inspire. Join us as we think big, play to win, while finding balance and expanding possibilities. Thank you for joining us. Here are your hosts, Nikki, Lizzie, and Gina. So, did you guys listen to Malcolm Gladwell's podcast? Yep. What was it? Revisionist? Revisionist history? Mm hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure that's what it was. Uh, Would you care to elaborate, Gina, <laughs> Renee? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So, on the back of the, the tipping point, it says, Malcolm Gladwell has been a staff writer at The New Yorker since 1996. He's the author of The Tipping Point, Blink Outliers, which I loved. What the I- dog saw... Are you familiar with Outliers? No, I, ha- I would like to read it more. And David and Goliath. Prior to joining The New Yorker, he was a reporter at The Washington Post. Gladwell was born in England and grew up in rural Ontario. He lives in New York. So, Malcolm Gladwell, I was, uh, I was excited that we chose something that I had never heard of. And... Um, as we were, we started reading and I started doing a little research on him. I found everybody's heard of him except I, for me. No, <laughs> me too. I was just going to say that I'm surprised at every time I bring up this book, everybody's like, oh yeah, that's Malcolm Gladwell, right? Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. yeah Apparently yeah, he's uh-huh, coming yeah, out with is. a new book. <laughs> yes. I learned that today from a client. And he's on tour. Did you know oh, that? Oh no. Yeah, we could go see him speak. Where? San Francisco. When? September. What time? <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. Because I did look at tickets, but I was, I, I really had to like rack my brain. Am, am I going to want to, am I a person who wants to go see Malcolm Gladwell speak? Because after reading the book, okay, he kind of, he's a little all over the place. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, I watched a TED talk by him. And it was like, what the hell are you talking about? It had <laughs> nothing know? to do with anything. So I found reading the book that I it was a lot harder to concentrate. I had to keep going, wait, 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 back. Remind myself what he was talking about. Because he would, syn- is synopsize a word? He would come back to things and kind of, you know, r- remind us of it. So the so the thing that I enjoyed actually about the way um that's pretty I like he's like a storyteller that's what I enjoyed the fact that he went backwards and forwards and then having listened to his podcast that you sent us Nikki I just was like you know what I like this guy um it he's developed super my likable super likable <laughs> I enjoyed his but completely odd oh pff. That's why I liked him. I like off the wall. I like odd. I'm like, hey, you're kooky, dude. I like, 
I like your kookiness. You're like Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yeah. That loves him. Yeah, exactly. Okay, off topic, on topic. Have you guys been watching um, Bachelor in Paradise? Or Hell whatever? no, I don't have TV, dude. No. No. Speaking of kooky. Okay, no. that's that's a subject for another day. Yeah, <laughs> actually for other people. Okay, <laughs> well, just Bachelor in just Paradise. Google, just Google JPJ. And, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Anyway, StubHub tickle, tickets. Tickles? Tickles. Tickles. StubHub tickles. Stub tickles. For Malcolm Gladwell, September 19th, 730. Yeah. What, day is the, what day of the week che- is that? Cheap seats are $185.25. <gasps> that's the thing. That's what, that's oh. what I found so intriguing. He's going to stand up there and talk and talk his Malcolm Gladwell talk. And he just is this... You have no idea what you're going to get with him. Clearly. I mean, okay, let's compare it. Justin Timberlake tickets. <laughs> Justin Timberlake compared to Malcolm Gladwell. I'm just talking tickets in general. I'm well, talking like, in, it, I guess this experiences is Experiences too. Yeah. Eddie, so Eddie, for example, my husband, his, what he would spend money on is totally different to what I would spend money on. So I guess it comes down to... Is this back to the Rolling Stones conversation we had in, on last week's podcast about what something's worth? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the value of something. How much so, did you say, G? The cheap tickets were $185.25. That is a lot of money. I feel like I saw something for 80 but maybe that was in another state. I'm another. sure he's worth it. And the, the expensive but It's tickets. just whether it's worth it to us. That is what it comes down to. Like, how, are we lifelong Malcolm Gladwell people? Like, have we read know. all his books? That's it. Maybe, maybe we should wait until a few years and a few books later that we've read to decide if we want to go and see this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not taking away from his value. We just wouldn't necessarily okay, so spend his, that money right now. His podcast was kind of hilarious a little bit. Just like a brief overview. He it was eccentric. About, he talked about... Who did he want to put into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Oh. Oh. <gasps> ah, what was the guy's name? <laughs> Somebody who did many, many covers. Oh, what was his name? And they were determining. It was a great point. They were termi- determining I'm gonna, I'm gonna if uh, he was like culturally hustling the guy. <laughs> was Did he not have any original music? He did not. No, no. That was the, that was the controversy? Yeah. And I knew that. But so anyway, it was very entertaining. But but let's segment. also touch. And upon, then he talked about Taco Bell. Let's talk about like because because I mean, I guess, you know, you have to really listen to the full thing to fully grasp it because mm-hmm. it's complex. Like I would also say, oh, this guy for sure shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. But Malcolm Gladwell's point. What is the guy's name? It was something really like I know this. So I know the name. Look it up. Anyway, we'll look it up. It's we'll either remember it. I should have written it down, but um, or we'll. Put if it in you're going to put Elvis Presley into yeah. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, who um, he had songs written for him and yeah. essentially performed them, exactly. imitating that person. So it wasn't Elvis's style. He actually ripped off the person whose song it was. And the so person he, happened to be black, and yeah. at the time, there wasn't a lot of production of black music, so... Or at least not in the, like, mainstream, huge, famous, you know, money-making So sector. Elvis took it, and what everybody thought was his own music was actually... And style. <laughs> yeah. Was actually 
completely bitten off someone else. First three chapters. So the first one was, what was it, G? First one was, oh, that's the second one. Oh, the three rules of epidemics. Yes. Mm, this is crazy interesting. The law of the few. Also crazy interesting. Connectors, mavens, and salesmen. My mm-hmm. favorite chapter. Mine too. Mine too. Mine too. And the stickiness factor, my least favorite chapter. Yoon too. Yoon too. But, but I think that's kind of the way it should be because the stickiness. It's chapter three. Well, I think, that, I think, well, we're jump. I'm jump. I am jumping way ahead, but I think, oh, yeah, in you're a way, achiever, you read ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, but I mean, even think the stickiness element, we're kind of, if we liked it, it would mean we could relate to it, which mean we, which means we knew it was happening. <gasps> which makes us smarter. Coming later. So but we didn't like it, which makes us not smart. On a side note, I met someone who worked at Target this week and now he's a teacher because he left Target because Did- of their crazy ways. <laughs> Interesting. As all Target looks like a bad IKEA now. He's like, I know, we'll Wait, talk later. <laughs> when did he leave? Should Before we interview him? Yeah. I don't know. We should. <laughs> My new teacher. So um okay, so Three rules of epidemics. Um, I didn't really, I wasn't really able to pull out three rules of epidemics, but I, what I did pull out was the three agents of change, the law of the few, mm-hmm. the stickiness factor, and the power of context is kind of yeah. Malcolm Gladwell's overall overreaching uh, thesis for his book, Yeah, what he's going to go into. The law of the few is what was covered in the, in chapter two, and I'd love to get into that because that was connectors, mavens, and salesmen. I love. Were you thinking about the different yes. people in your life I that was were like, each of these people? I was like, okay, which one am I? And I'm like, oh, I'm not running any of these people. But, <laughs> but you know what I, I was thinking? To be. I was thinking if I just tweaked this and this, I totally could be one of these people. Mm. But at the same time, don't you think, okay, this is, I guess, what I'm thinking on this subject. If you have to tweak, are you really able it, to be that? Yes, it, I yes feel like- because, well, one of the big things that I'm trying to change in my own life period right now is just stepping out of my own box which I think is a universal thing that a lot of people go through Uh specifically at my age ish you know existential growth yeah somewhere between I don't know 35 to 45 years old people start like being oh hmm what else is there sort of thing um (laughs) and I'm trying to what else is there what else (laughs) what else well I just mean like <laughs> making things happen instead of letting things happen we were do kinda... you think that's because you get to that point where you're like okay all right I finally know who I am what else can I be yeah and I think it's a lot of it is what I've been living by for at least the last eight years is doing it afraid and I like stepping out of the box and um, stepping into fear and taking risk mm-hmm. and fail forward. Uh, yeah, and so how that how that spoke to me in terms of this chapter is like I've always been sort of 
afraid or timid to like like too many people on Facebook or have too many friends. Oh, like or, you said last time. Yeah, or share too much information about my life and I keep my I've kept my circle smaller. But I have a real opportunity with the business that I'm in and all of the different types of people that come through my doors and all of the relationships that I've made there to really be useful. Because it's, it's honestly quite a fine line, I think, because um, if you are doing it in a genuine manner, like connecting people for a genuine reason, which is touched on in the book, if you're genuinely going, you know, for the good of everyone, I'm sure... Oh, that's a maven, isn't it? Well... I don't know, but you, maybe but you I'm a ma- connect, maybe that's what I'm. You can connect. I think I think Maven is is the 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 goal in in my opinion in that because you're kind of wanting to share your knowledge with as many people as possible to to help them discover new things. Which and is true. I mean, isn't that what we're doing here? Yeah. Because what? Okay. Connect. Okay. I think I'm confused because connectors are so people connectors who know many people, and then Mavens are the ones who know the information. Is yes, that correct? Correct. Okay. The book says on page 49, in the case of connectors, their ability to span many different worlds Mm. is a function of something intrinsic to their personality, some combination of curiosity, self-confidence, sociability, and energy, which I know you're reading this and you were thinking of someone in particular, Gina. I know that you were reading this thinking of connectors. We know. I was thinking of three different connectors that we know. Several. And then it says the point about connectors is that by having a foot in so many different worlds, they have mm. the effect of bringing them all together. Yeah. And the famous connector they brought up that they, 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 that uh, Malcolm Gladwell brought up was Paul Revere. Mm-hmm. Paul Revere. It honestly relates to Rosa Parks too. Remember from the last book? I was thinking totally the same thing. Like that is exactly what she did. She yep. was, you know, she was a, she knew a continuation she knew, of seriously, the power she knew, of habit. I mean, because honestly, there's also other sections which also mention things from that book too. Totally. Which is very interesting. Malcolm yeah. Gladwell, did you read The Power of Habit? <laughs> Are you and Charles Duhigg friends? <laughs> Are you connected to each other by Are some connector? Con- you know what Three though? degrees Probably. of separation. Malcolm Gladwell is... I thought in my mind, I categorized him as a maven. Mm. Yeah. But he's also a connector. He's a he's one of those all, everything. Do you know, okay, if you had to pick... One for yourself? Yeah, which one would you... I mean, I guess if you... Not so much which one you think you are, which one would you like to be? Because mm. I know what I would like to be. What would you like to be? Maven, 100%. You'd like to be a maven. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think I do strive without realizing to be a maven because let me give an example. I was working at True Food Kitchen. A gal came in who really liked the tiles in the bathroom of True Food Kitchen. <laughs> she said to me, hey, I love those tiles. Do you happen to know where they're from? And I said, you know, I'll find out. I'll, I'll contact head office and I'll find out. So I asked my bosses. They were like, no idea. You know, we could probably contact the person who, you know, built the place, whatever. So I was like, yeah, that'll take time. So I Googled a million different descriptions for these tiles. Essentially, they were round. They looked kind of like planets. But it was it was obviously sold in a strip, like on a kind of, you know, grid, like tiles are normally sold. I found them. 
<laughs> and then because I'd said hey leave me your number probably a little creepy but I'm like yeah, that's just I was like leave me your number and then if I find them or if I get the information I'll send them to you and I did so <laughs> that break that gave me like incredible enjoyment to find that resource and I I had no benefit from finding that other than to say this woman's kitchen potentially would have these awesome tiles that she was searching for that actually <laughs> and that would make you happy from Italy so yeah. yeah yeah I just but you know that's not saying I am a maven it's no. saying that you I to be. take great pride with finding out random chunks of information and then passing I, them on I'm gonna, regardless of you know I'm gonna agree with you as what I would strive to be or would like to be for very similar reasons. I mean, I'm constantly, if somebody compliments something I'm wearing, I'm like, I got it at this place for this price. (laughs) Yeah, go get it. And this, yeah. Yeah. Or like even thinking ahead, we're planning an event for the spa and one of the themes is my favorite things. And the point is every single worker at the spa is coming up with things that they like to use and it could be related to the spa. It could not be, but it's about sharing what, things that make us happy and yeah. putting that out there for people to be able to experience death as well. books. <laughs> yeah. In so Lizzie's case. Yeah. Death. I shy away from being a connector, but I feel like naturally that I am a connector. That so. is super weird because I could relate to the end goal of the connector I was like, I want to be a connector because I do feel like I can connect to people, but sometimes I cut off mm-hmm. connections, not for self-preservation, but because I have a tendency to be anxious and I don't want to disappoint people or leave them hanging. So we actually spoke about earlier where if someone cancels a plan, I'm literally that meme that says like, yay, yay, <laughs> okay, cool. Even though that was a fun thing that I had planned, you know, because it means I didn't cancel. Mm-hmm. And then my fear is that I'll cancel and disappoint. And if someone else canceled, ooh, I'm feeling a bit emotional now. Um, I feel like if someone else cancels, then if I was going to cancel, it takes that. You're it off takes the hook. That, that, yeah, which is really interesting. Thank but, you, but the, universe. The connectors <laughs> thing I find fascinating because I do feel res- not responsible, but with the case of what was the guy's name? Who literally rode oh. his horse to oh, Paul Revere? Yeah, <laughs> he rode he, in the middle of the night. He, he, a kid came up I to him and you, said, Lizzie. "A kid came up to him and said, hey, this is like this is something that's like he rode into the night so on his dang horse to tell people, you know, hey, guess what? This, English, that this man, English person, he ran on his horse. Seriously, did I say ran? Oh, dang. No, no, what? he ran on his horse. His he horse did. ran. He his he made ran. his horse run. He's like, hey." get running anyway um you know to to tell people he didn't know that they should that your be people ready. were coming yeah i'm like get on your horse and tell them the, the, you know they can set up for themselves and i can relate i'm like that is an awesome thing to do and so, yeah paul revere was a connector yeah and a maven. he was both yeah he knew he knew he the people knew, he knew tell. he knew people far and wide and he knew about politics far and wide. Um, and Lizzie just stood up to leave. Sorry. <laughs> She's like, I'm out of here. You guys are talking about. Goodbye. I, I'm getting the, the red coats are coming back. <laughs> um, the I, red coats are back. I thoroughly respect that guy on his horse because I'm like, <laughs> you know, he was. Um, Aw, how nice of he you. Had, 
I mean, he had empathy. Dude had empathy. He's like, oh, crap, some stuff's going to happen to people. Well, hey, that's a big, that's a big uh, point that you make there is that a maven has to have yeah. that. A maven can't just have the information. The well, maven, no. Not so much empathy, though. Well, no, just no, not empathy, I guess. The want to share. The want to share. Information. Yeah. Well, there was a, a portion in the book where Gladwell said a connector will tell 10 people their opinion about something and five, One pe- five people may take the advice. Whereas a maven will tell five people and all five of them will yeah. follow his advice. Right. Or yeah. her advice. Because I guess, is the maven more specific? So, because they're factual, um, like, when he was talking about... um, I love the mavens! I love the mavens, too. I think they're wonderful. My dad's a flipping maven, for goodness sake. I love the mavens in my life. And that's funny, because they're not not know-it-alls. You don't look at them as know-it-alls. They literally know it all. They are know-it-alls, yeah. My dad, so, okay, a little background, very briefly on my dad. He He's amazing. Was, he is. He really is. Amazing. Amazing. New vocabulary oh word. Amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> Linkage. Love, I love. I love this. Oh. Um. So he was for thirty years. Um. He worked in the. Oh. The Ashmolean Museum in Oxford, which, by the way, you should go to visit because it's awesome. Um, And for a chunk of that time, I can't remember, honestly, how long for, um, he was head of conservation. So, but, you know, that's a very small chunk of who he is. He essentially has just an incredible bank of knowledge about all sorts of things. Like, history is obviously, you know, one of his specialities, but he has so many things that he is interested in and Isn't a professional so app. cool? Well, yes, very cool. Except one thing that, that is interesting is that I thought all men were this way. Oh. So it's so a the men great have the knowledge. thing. It's a great... No, no, it's not even that. The great thing is that I grew up with a guy who matched his socks with his tie in a stylish way, not a cheesy way. In a, with a guy who I would say, hey, dad, what do you think of this outfit? And he would appreciate every element of it. So I had an expectation that oh. all guys, you know, that is, that is something that is interesting to them. Is which that something that everybody, true. that every man is interested in? No. How your outfit matches? But just like women, you know, <laughs> not all women are interested in that too true. either. But, but, you know, I learned how to load a dishwasher from my father. I learned how to... Um, I don't know, so many things, so many things across the board because he's a maven. He's like, this is how you load a dishwasher. You're a maven. You're a maven. <laughs> um, I'm not letting you it know, go. You know, like the quality <laughs> of hotels, like all these things. I can literally say to my dad, hey, dad. I mean, he like now he'll send us text messages to our group iMessage. My brothers and his wife have just had a little one. Mm. And my dad will send us Fear. collectively these amazing <laughs> um, see like it catches on you know moses basket mattresses he found them they had a vintage moses basket that they bought and my dad found the mattress the organic you know non-talk just this is his interest like but then he's also interested in history and he'll tell us about you know the entire family's history way back like he just is that person and so i think that's a huge part of why i love yeah. a good maven 
I love a good maven. I am uh, like I'm surrounded, and my mom, honestly, as well. My mother has these amazing, amazing. Oh my goodness! (laughs) You're taking it too far. Sorry, 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 sorry. But this bank of knowledge from all over the place, and sometimes I do think, oh, I have this huge amount of facts about random things that aren't relevant. But then sometimes I'll say something to someone, and they're like. I never knew that or I'm like well you don't know that that's just like a thing that is just in my brain but yet I'm like how can I make money off this site this thing I know because it's all very very random I love random anyway random thoughts I had a a wonderful maven in my life a long time ago a friend's father and I always said if I was ever on who wants to be a millionaire oh that's your person you'd call oh your phone friend oh is that right? Fun My lifeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Randy Trebo. That's mm. a great name. He, he has since passed, but he knew a lot about um, music and art and history. Mm. And just if you went down the rabbit hole, he was right there with you and he yeah. knew something or other about it. So Maven. But, but was he a Maven or he did was, he just have a lot of information? Well, because yeah, I, sorry, my mind is running in puns right now. Because I know, uh, well, a lot of information. <laughs> oh my goodness, he was very informated. I'm surprised this is me doing this. Honestly, what? Like bringing the puns. I know bringing the puns. Big pun. Hmm. Big pun. Little pun. <laughs> what Bubble begins box. with pun? So, in the book, there was a man. There was a man, there and his name man. was Mark Alpert, and yeah. he was a maven. And I liked him. In my notes, did I, you picture him in your brain? Yes. What did he look like to you? Was he looked like a little Jewish man. Was, did he have gray hair? Oh, dude, my guy was tall with glasses, oh. dark hair. I have a part. voice for Mark Alpert. Go for it. So Mark Alpert, I put maven, and I put hearts around his name. I don't know where he met this guy, but he knew him, and they met over lunch, and they were talking about um, what kind of car Malcolm should get. Malcolm Gladwell said, what should I drive? And he told him, is a Mercury Mystique, because they drive like a much more expensive European sedan. They aren't selling well, so you can get a good deal. You go to a fleet buyer. You go, you know, you go on the 25th of the month. You know this. You know this, Malcolm. You know, and I picture that Mark Alpert. You know this. You know this. You know. (laughs) I picture Mark Alpert being this, like, this beautiful, well-rounded man who just has all this knowledge and wants to share it. And that's the thing about a maven that they want to share. I love that because there's so many people who will find out information about things and then they just want to be proud that they know it. And the only reason they're sharing it is to kind of show off. Then you've got mavens that, that they're like, love I've researched it. The process. You don't need to research it. Or, but it's, it's like tailored. It's like buying a bath bomb. It's like, <laughs> it's like, okay, the maven, the, the, the person who knows it all wants to just sell you the one they know everything about and they don't care if you're interested. The maven is like absorbing, they're taking what you really want to know and they're telling you what they know about what you really want to know. Oh, she just called herself a maven. Mm-hmm. No, referring well, back to podcast mm, number two I, no I strive to be one I think you are in a lot of ways 
I definitely share, but 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 am I doing it selflessly? I don't think yes. so. Because, no, I think I'm doing it because I'm like, hey, check it out. I know this and I want to feel good about, <laughs> like I want to benefit from my knowledge. And ego, if you go to this place I recommended and you like it, I'm it, like, yes, yeah. I knew it. I'm really good at that. <laughs> I knew so it. it's not selfless. It's it's pretty selfish. Okay. I'm not saying I do it to, to intentionally be selfish, but I'm pretty sure that I because it makes I, you feel yeah it, it makes you feel satisfies good. something I, within you i want to hear that you enjoyed it like i think a maven would send you somewhere knowing it's going to be good and wouldn't want to hear they don't wouldn't need to think know. about it again yeah they're like yeah. i know i sent this person where they want to go i don't need to know whereas i'm like how was it <laughs> did you love it i know you loved it give me and then if you didn't i'm like let me send you somewhere else because i know you'll love that <laughs> incidentally if you need any tips for oxford i'm your <laughs> girl i'm your girl i'll even take you Maybe you should just... I mean, I won't pay for it, but, you know, if you're going, I'll... Put a couple that. links on the on the website. Yeah, I'll do that. Places I'll do that. to go. Yep. So we have connectors. It's so funny. You can think about connectors in your own life. There was an exercise that uh, the book took us through. Oh, that, that had a weird. A list of last names yeah. or surnames, and how is. many re- how many recognized? I would I call shenanigans on that in just one second. One one thousand. They would define. <laughs> Go ahead, Lizzie. No, no, no! I want you to finish. I'm done. Oh, <laughs> my shenanigans. Oh, not shenanigans, but I wonder if because this is an American, like American names and English names because i could spot a good number in there but i was thinking you know if this was a list of names that are english last names oh yeah it's huge like a lot of those i'm like this you would not hear in england at least you wouldn't hear it often you don't well, hear a lot also, of these in east America, coast either. west coast oh, really? yeah. 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 west coast yeah too. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so this was his experience of doing this a bunch of last names or surnames and how many recognized yeah had to do with how much of a connector you might be. And some people would recognize over 100 and some people would recognize like 20 or less. I have a question. Mm-hmm. So I read it a number of times and I'm still not 100% sure on what um, the rules are. Was he saying that if you simply, like for example, me working at the spa, I know a number of people with last names that, are regular visitors of the spa did you count those as people you know yeah okay that's what i thought yes so basically it's if you introduce yourself what is it he said something okay what page are we uh if you sat by someone right. on a bus and you or a plane you know their their name because you've mm-hmm. you've spoken to them you can consider yourself as having known them mm-hmm. okay because essentially that's what the that's what the connectors right that's what the connectors are is is you've got to the point where you know their name ergo in theory you can connect you know yeah some other part of life i scored that. really low and i was surprised that's by that. surprising i was surprised too at how low you scored yeah because mm-hmm. i consider myself a connector too but like right. you said it's regional yeah i didn't recognize half what? of these names where is he based even as names oh, new york east mm-hmm. coast mm-hmm. yeah i wonder if there's an online west coast version <laughs> but <laughs> seriously Maybe. though because those last names were yeah, and if you're in, like, Mexico City. Yeah. That's another thing. California. Lots. Like, it's basically, you know, California and Mexico, 
the names intermingle. So, you know, being from California. Hey, do I count Potter since, you know, Harry Potter? Was there even one, like? No, but I counted Potter because I have an aunt with the last name Potter. Interesting. Hmm. And so you have connectors, people Mm -hmm. who know all the names. And then mavens, people like your dad. Yeah. And, I want my dad to look at those uh, names. Mark Alpert <laughs> in the book. And then the last category of people is salesmen. salesmen. I love. <laughs> what do you, did you like this section? I did. And I, I didn't. Like, Tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> If I could remember the lyrics to that song, I would have sang along. Ain't with that. nothing totally but a oh. party. Oh, and she remembers. <laughs> Tell me why. Uh, cultural micro rhythms. So there's a salesman they talk about in chapter ish, two or three ish. Um, I don't know how your relationship with that fellow. And the fact that they have a kind of super reflex. So they're not just mirroring the yeah. uh, micro rhythms of the person's gestures and things like that. But they have a super reflex in which they're responding to what they get Cause I think in real time. There are levels of salesperson. So there's the, if you say salesperson to the average Joe or Jolene, um, they're going <laughs> to, I think they're going to initially have that, ugh reflex because we're kind of trained to be like i don't want to be sold to you uh, mm-hmm. uh. like you say salesperson everyone's like yeah right. no right because they think of tricks they There's think a of negative technique they think of being forced to purchase sure. like actually going back to my dad one time he came back from the states and he purchased a digital camera and a case and weirdly i said to him i was like oh you got a case too and he's like yeah i'm like oh <laughs> what do you mean yeah and he's like well, he kind of convinced me to buy the case. I'm like, okay. And even, you know, at that age where I was, you know, I wasn't working in sales, whatever, I said, well, what do you mean he convinced you? So you couldn't say no to buying a phone case? And he's like, well, not really. And I'm like, yeah, you could. It just was that he presented it in a way where you felt you couldn't. So you, he presented it in a way that you felt you couldn't say, maybe he said, well, you know, if you have a case, you're less likely to drop your camera. And so then my dad's like, well, I don't want to drop my camera. So I'll buy the case. But then he felt bad about it. I think a good salesperson is, say, for example, this this gentleman in this section. Tom Gow. Tom Gow. Who basically, he's, he's already said he doesn't need the money. He is doing it for the love of doing it. So maybe there's a percentage of that, which and is... And for the love of his clients. Yeah. Like it, maybe there's a percentage of that. I'm sure there's a, there's a section of his mind that just really enjoys, you know, winning the because game. of mm-hmm. course, like that's addictive, of course. But I definitely believe that there are salespeople who just really love that feedback because let's be honest, like again, going back to Lush, cause I love to do that apparently. Um, <laughs> we, you know, we used to, you know, you'd have some people who'd spend a lot of money, but they would never come back. You don't want that kind of, kind of, you don't want that, you, that result is a bad result in my opinion, because you've kind of conned someone into spending a lot of money and then they leave and they don't return. Ideally what you want is someone to come back often 
and spend regularly because the success of a business is return clientele, someone who's happy with their experience and returns on a regular basis. You don't want to be like, hey, I'm going to take $500 and never see you again. My want. You want to, mm-hmm. yeah, you want to give them exactly what they want because essentially, like I said, they're coming in for a reason. You're providing what they want and you're saying, you know, this is something that, this is an ongoing thing that you can do to give you what you want consistently. Word. And so that, that guy was Word doing that up. and he was enjoying that process because people are coming to him going, this is what I want. And he's like, I can get you that. This is how we do it. This is the best way to go about yeah. it. Yeah. And that's incredibly, that really is fulfilling because you've got someone coming back to you having spent a chunk of money and go, how do I spend more money with you? Well, I love that because that, that develops a trusting relationship. Yeah. Because yeah. no one's, I mean, you shouldn't start a business just to grab money and leave. Like you want to have something that's consistent. Yeah. And you want to be providing, like when you provide a service, you want happiness. 100%. Is that happiness. is that the tagline for this 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 one hundred percent hashtag hundred percent? Is that going to be our tally marks for Could this? Be. Yeah, hundred percent. I tally say it a lot. Is tallywacker a thing over here? Oh yeah. Okay, but it might mean something different. I don't think it does. What does it mean over here? <laughs> tallywacker. It's it a part of the, the anatomy of a male, typically. Oh. So, so anywho, onwards and upwards. So, speaking of tallywhackers, crass <laughs> <laughs> uh, is in session. Worth mentioning is the stickiness factor in the in tipping an epidemic. This section was, was tough. Con- it was confusing. It was because just when you thought he was making a point. He would devalue the point and move on to something else. I thought that too. Yeah. But you know what I... Okay, this is my view on Malcolm Gladwell. I almost feel like he is he is making you decide what you think. This is what I like about the book. He's not telling you how to think. He's saying, hey, could it be this or could it be this? Hmm. Because I definitely found that a lot in the book. He's kind of jumping and presenting. I don't appreciate, I don't appreciate that. You vagueness. don't see. I kind of like it because it makes me go like, okay, I yeah, know I see. His point of view. But but then don't you think? So for example, jumping to the um, the political section where it was talking about news anchors affecting mm, the facial voting. Ex- yeah, by facial, by by movements and like, you know, so turning off the sound essentially and doing a study with people telling them, you know, or asking them what their opinions are of, um, not from, yeah, of the candidates purely from just the body language. It's kind of connected to that. I think it's like, you know, make, make, here's some facts, but make your own decision. Like, I don't want to tell you what to do. I feel like he almost is his own and I example. I appreciate that to a point, but at the same time, I'm reading your book for a reason. You just want to know what he where he stands. I want to know what your what your point is. Like, uh, if I was in a class, I'd want to know what we're shooting for. What's the objective of this lesson? How about Please this? Tell then. me. How about this? So these days, like you know, we've said in previous episodes, we're divided. 
What about if this book is purely for the conversation, not for a it very well maybe line in the sand? That's what I felt from well, from the book plus the podcast he made. But it's called the tipping point. For, so for me, there's that a tipping concept, point. Needs, but he gave the science. But it needs to be clear. So I just feel like, especially the the parts where he was talking about Sesame Street. Yeah, I just felt like that could have been edited. Because there were so many things that he brought up that were like, they tried this and that didn't work, and they tried this and that didn't work. But then didn't he come to the to the to the realization that so the thing, if I remember correctly, and bear in mind I'm I found it harder to follow than the previous book we read. Me for too. Sure. Me 100%. too. Hundred percent. Chin chin. Kim. Oh, I, I don't I, I'm not saying I didn't like the book, but I found it harder to it was harder to settle Digest. into. Yes. Yeah. It jumped around a lot more. Mm-hmm. But, okay. Again, going off, off piste. I don't know if that's a, a f- saying over here. Off piste? I, I haven't said, you know, I've, I've lived here for six and a half years. I've never said off piste until right now. I don't know why I'm. Can you write that down? I want to know how it's spelled. It's like piste is in the mountain. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Oh, so this is my dad. My dad's Peaced in my brain right in now. Mount Peace. I think. Oh, I don't even know. My what dog's that is. in What's your Mount, purse. What's Mount Peace? <laughs> she can have it. Can you just spell it? Peace. Don't think I know what Mount Peace. Peace definition. Oh, Siri. Oh, sorry. It's a ski run of compacted snow. So I don't know where the phrase comes from. It's not a mountain after all. It's it's any mountain with compacted snow on it. Anyway, seriously. Like we don't. How do you spell it? P i s t e. It's French. P i s t e. Sure. Anyway, so (laughs) my thing I liked about him is that I couldn't pin him down, and in his in his um, jumping around, it made me want to chase him. It was like, hey, 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 Malcolm, Malcolm, come over here. (laughs) Hey, sit down for a sec. It was like a kind of. It's like he was like. A puppy sniffing the entire backyard. You know why? Because he's a super maven. I freaking love that. I, I found, love it too. I found, I found him. In, it makes me want to read his other books because I'm like, I want to try and tie down his point of view. I don't think I will, but it made me want to read more because his his, his hunger his for knowledge is he's absolutely unending. He sounds like he smiles the entire time, and he just sounds <laughs> like he's like, he sounds like a like a squirrel chaser. He's like, hey, what about this? This is some science, but what do you think about that? Because I don't know what I think about it because mm-hmm. I'm still developing. I don't want to tie down my opinion on it because what if I change my mind in 10 seconds? Oh, look, what about this subject? Whereas the last book was very much like, here is the science. Here is my opinion. Here is, you know, human nature. Whereas Malcolm Gladwell's a bit like, but what if it's this? <laughs> what if? What if? Which makes for a slightly difficult book to read, but a slightly easier podcast to listen to. I enjoyed his yeah, podcast. I did. After I got past the first five minutes, <laughs> and I got to his but point. Then, did we find out who the uh, who the person was that there? It's not oh. not Paul Anka getting into the Hall of Fame. One moment, because oh. I looked it up, and then no. Pat Boone. Pat Boone. Bam. Pat Boone. That's right, Pat, Pat Boone. Boone. How could <laughs> I forget? Pat Boone, who covered <laughs> covered so much music. He covered Ronnie James Dio. Did he? 
What did he cover? Crazy <laughs> stuff like. Oh yeah, what was the what was that song? It was like it was metal, metal super music. super memorable stuff. Is he covered metal music <laughs> and a bunch of other stuff? So you kind of want to did he hate cover him. Inner Sandman? I feel like at some point he probably should. I don't know, probably. But you know, it's the kind of thing that you love to hate. You know, and why can't he be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? What if and Malcolm Gladwell's whole podcast was yeah. So why can't he be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame if Elvis? Because let's face in it, the rock and roll, Pat Boone, rock and roll, <laughs> rock and roll Hall of Fame. fame. That rock, rock and roll. Honestly, Pat Boone is not trying to disguise the fact because he's bringing stuff out after it's been a famous song, whereas Elvis is bringing stuff out as if it was him. He's literally like impersonating someone and stealing their stuff. And I'm not blaming Elvis for that. Of the time, he obviously had many people essentially making that the way so i'm not fully holding elvis accountable elvis fans i don't, the podcast was discussing the cultural appropriation it's the maven blood <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's that shit you know cultural pro Ooh. like taco bell yes taco bell but are Ooh. they are they trying to are they participating in cultural appropriation? Because they're nowhere near Mexican food anymore. Absolutely cultural appropriation, and this is why. Because Malcolm Gladwell said so. And <laughs> I like him. Uh, and also you because do like him. cultural appropriation by very, its very nature, Taco Bell, for example, mm-hmm. is making Mexican food accessible to you know, a standard white person who would never go and explore something new. Because when you go to Taco Bell, you're not looking for Mexican food. Like we live in California, we can find ample Mexican food. When you go to Taco Bell, you want something different, but you don't want Mexican food. (laughs) And also by the very name of Taco Bell, like the bell I recently learned is not from like, you know, the image. It's not like a mission. Yeah. It's literally his name. Dude's name was Bell or some shit. <laughs> so his, the Bell is like, oh, yeah, but, I mean, it looks, looks like it could be Mexican, you know, related. But actually, none of it is. But then you have, I mean, like, for example, I saw this ad recently for um, prayer beads. Prayer beads? Prayer beads. It popped up on my Instagram. I'm like, okay. Prayer beads and someone was whole like draped. They would the picture was someone's feet and the prayer beads were draped over their feet and oh. I was like, all right, you know when people go, I'm here for the comments. I literally clicked on it because I'm like, mm. this is inappropriate. Um, <laughs> essentially, prayer beads. First of all, prayer beads. Like you don't you you're taking prayer beads and wearing them as fashion just like someone say for example wearing a rosary as fashion which i did i used to wear plastic rosaries because cool that was cool and then my husband told me hey that's not very appropriate and i was like oh well shit cool that's true <laughs> but anyway yeah prebeads on the feet it's really really terrible because you know many places in southeast asia or at least at least a number of places in South Asia, um, the bottom of your feet, you shouldn't show your bo- the bottom of your feet. So then if you're doing an ad with prayer beads presented on someone's feet, it's pretty grim. Yeah. Wow, I went on for a tangent. 
But essentially, you know, there are many levels of there are many levels of um, cultural appropriation. And I guess, you know, where's the line that is acceptable? Is Mm. there is there an acceptable line? Like, because, you know, yes, of course, we can worry about being we can all be overly sensitive, whether there is a point at which someone can be overly sensitive when it comes to culture. Who knows? Because if someone is um, offended by something on a cultural basis, it's their feeling. It's, and it's you can't extremely argue that. valid and you can't argue yeah. it and it should be respected. Just try and understand mm. it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Wow, we went elsewhere. Did I take us Well, there? we went to Wait, the podcast. We were, we were talking about the podcast. <laughs> I know, we're over here. We were like on the beach and now I'm way hey, down we're like, here. Hey, we're like Grover sea. in Sesame Street oh. when he's like near... Near. <laughs> oh man, you know I love Grover. Oh, he's we awesome. didn't even talk about Sesame Street. Yeah, no. At I like that. Cat. That's excellent. <laughs> B. At. Here's the thing. At. What is Sesame Street the longest like running? Is it still running? Yeah, I think so. New new episodes. Let me see. What so, is the longest running? Okay. The information age has created a stickiness problem. And everybody's attempting to be sticky in advertising. Yeah. And it's making nothing sticky. So mm. when you can find a concept or something novel that makes things more sticky, it's more effective advertising. Such as back in the day, they had gold box advertising on the TV guide. It made people go to the TV guide, take a look. It wasn't just them watching something on TV, but they, yeah. they had something to respond to. And that's pretty much it about the stickiness factor. Other than that, the Sesame Street, the Blues Clues, there were several things discussed in the tipping point. It was kind of like a wash to me, mm-hmm. honestly. You know, I made some notes. Okay, here's a question then for you. Did you look at more... Did you do more research for this book than the last one? No. Oh. But there was Dang more it. available. Well, maybe there, maybe it was easier he... to access because I think Malcolm Gladwell's a little more famous than Charles Duhigg. Maybe, maybe, and this is just speculation, maybe his very nature is he writes a book, then he wants everyone to kind of absorb the information by researching mm-hmm. everything else surrounding it. So he leaves, because, you know, Duhigg, we read the book. I would like to research other things, but will I? I don't know. Whereas this book, I think I'll be more likely to try and like round out answers and investigate Mm -hmm. further. So maybe he's literally planting the seed. He could be. For us to spread our... And, he you very know, much so could be. It oh, could brilliant. just be that it's written like, away. I can see following him for like the rest not of giving, the Like not giving it all away. He's not giving the mm-hmm. answers. So he's like leaving us to mm-hmm. demand more information and I will keep following what ponder he's doing. Because honestly, did, did you look up um, Did you look up if he was on tour? Oh, no. No. And I wasn't looking for are you on tour because I wouldn't think Malcolm oh, okay. Gladwell would be okay. on tour. But it came up. When I was but, searching information about Malcolm okay. Gladwell. Well, maybe someone else might look, if they read both books, one and the other, maybe, maybe. I wonder what the price would be to see Charles Duhigg Ooh, versus Malcolm Gladwell. It also depends on where you are. Yeah. As yeah. we know, Which where we are sense. is where he is located. 
a very, very expensive part of the United States. So, all right, to wrap things up, um, the tipping point, what do you think so far? Are you going to recommend it to people? Eddie wants to read it once again. But did he want to read Charles Duhigg, yeah. too? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's done Okay, it. that's yep. good. I've come across several people that have already read this book and yeah, loved it. Yeah, we're behind the curve. Yeah, we really are. Who is this guy at Journey Coffee? I haven't been there for a while. We used to go fairly often. It was a habit, one might say. Mm-hmm. Um, I went in the other day because um, I'd had my head done across the street and I wanted a cup of coffee and I wanted to just sit away from my dog. I don't know. I just, I don't even know how, how the subject started, but I told him what I was reading. We were just having a rant. You know, sometimes it organically happens where you just kind of just the information comes out and you just connect like a connector kind of thing. So I guess I was thinking, maybe my mindset was the connector mindset. And I was just like, I'm going to give the information and see what happens with this information. Well, it's interesting how when you're exposed to new information, how all of a sudden you equate it or pertain it to your life and your your experiences and situations. And honestly, you know, I was at the section of the book which was talking about connectors. So I was automatically wanting to just... But essentially, I said to him, we were doing a podcast. I said, we're very open and wanting to get feedback, honest feedback, and told him what book we were reading and we had a great conversation. So yeah, essentially... Yeah, but you did. So he was not interested in the book per se. He was just interested in yeah. our podcast. <laughs> no, not in me. I mean, in what mm-hmm. I was saying, maybe. Mm-hmm. In the, I just think that it was Good, the, we, it was a connection that we that I maybe wouldn't have made if I hadn't been reading this book because mm. I mentioned the book and we started the conversation about the podcast and the same thing as when I was in an Uber the other day and brought it up. You mm-hmm. know, I wouldn't normally connect with people in that way i would connect with them in in certain things but i would never be like hey we're making a podcast or hey this is a huge part of who i am be a part of it (laughs) and i think you know when it's a podcast because you're naturally going to be putting it out there into the world of people you do not know when you know someone a little bit like an uber or a coffee you know encounter yeah. You're like, hey, this is something I'm doing. I like that. A let's, coffee encounter. Coffee encounter. You know, tell, tell me what you think. You know, I love, I love that part of just what we're doing, not necessarily the tipping point or Malcolm Gladwell. I love what we're doing here with making connections, coming into people's homes and cars and workplaces. and Yeah, the, the potential is huge. But even before it's even on air. We can say, hey, check it out. This is something I'm doing that's valuable. Yeah. So what do you think? What do you guys think the rest of the book's going to have? Mm. Do we think that this is going to wrap up in a tiny bow? Probably no. not. No. It's He's going to be, be like elusive. It's like chasing a rabbit. I mean, whatever you want. So the next sections we have to look forward to are uh, chapter four, the power of context, part one. Power of Context, <gasps> part two. Because I've already read a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's case good. study, Rumors, Sneakers, and the Power of Translation. Chapter seven, Case Study, Suicide Smoking, and the Search mm. for the Unsticky Cigarette. Chapter eight, Conclusion, Focus, Test, and Believe. And then afterward, Tipping Point Lessons from the Real World. 
I don't think we're going to get any type of closure after this book. I can't what do wait you think, for, ladies? I don't think we're going to get any mm-hmm. closure, and I flipping love it. I don't want closure. Uh, I do. I, I don't want closure. I I'm a little angry I kind of want any. closure, but I kind of don't. So we got small, medium, large I just right love now. him. I just love him. <laughs> I think he's great. So I enjoy him thoroughly in his podcast, but the writing, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little scattered. I'm not going to lie. I, this is going to sound like a weird comment. I feel like he's the kind of person who you could be mid conversation with and tickle him. <laughs> And he wouldn't be surprised and he wouldn't be upset. He would be interested in why you tickled him. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you would know it, what I mean? But would he, would he continue on with his conversation? Yeah. yeah. Without yeah. batting an eye about yeah. it? Yeah. Would he come back to it later? Mm. No. No? I don't think so. Mm. As long as it was in the right time. Mm. I think he would just, I don't know. I just think. I'm not saying I'm gonna come and find you and tickle you. Just well, we should. I mean, <laughs> if you're ever, you? if you're ever in that but situation, but let us know if that's something <laughs> if you want to be tickled. <laughs> Next podcast: tickling Malcolm Gladwell <laughs> on my dining room table. <laughs> maybe, maybe we could get him as a special guest oh, while yeah. he's here in <laughs> San Francisco. In maybe yeah. he could. Maybe you could leave us with even more unanswered questions. How would your husband feel about you tickling him? My husband? Yeah. Oh. Pff. He Up. <laughs> he would be like, "What are you? But what are you doing?" But Still, why are no, you? A, why a are simple you? yes or no would do. <laughs> I love my husband because we're so different. All right, so not because we're so different. I just love him. I'm looking forward to next week. Me and, too. Um, subscribe on iTunes if you aren't already. Leave a comment regarding personal development books. Form a mastermind and tag two females. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>